Get ready for another edition of CSB Broadcast, where Community State Bank links you to the communities of Southeastern Wisconsin and keeps you connected to the people, businesses, and events happening near you. Hi, this is Robert Peroni, the Market President of Community State Bank in Kenosha. Today I have with me Brad Potts, the Head of School at Tall Oaks Academy, and Laura Burnett Shoemaker, our Assistant Vice President of Cash Management from Kenosha. Brad, Laura, thank you for, for joining us today. Brad, I'd love to start this off with if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what uh, what brings you here today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what really brings me here today is, you know, being a part of the Tall Oaks family, um, being the, the head of school, as you just mentioned. But, um, you know, a little bit about myself and about my background. My background is in education. Um, you know, we've, uh, my wife and I actually both have been in education for about 10 years. So my wife is a math teacher. Um, I've been in the classroom. I've also in most recent years functioned as a dean of students in the public school setting. Um, all of this has been in, in Kenosha. Oh, excellent. Um, and, um, and we've just been now in this process of being envisioned for something different. And really that started with us starting to have kids ourselves and sure. wanting something better for our kids. And so, um, so yeah, the background for me is, is all education um, and, and, you know, kind of stepping into leadership roles in most recent years in the public school setting. Um, but my, my wife and I just, it became, like I said, more envisioned for something better for our own kids, something better for our friends' kids. That's awesome. um, and, uh, and diving into the educational landscape in Kenosha kind of led us to that. So Awesome. Is your, is your wife going to be involved in Tall Looks as well then? She is, is yeah. And, and more, more so kind of behind the scenes, she uh, she supports me in a lot of different <laughs> ways. <laughs> as, I understand as a wife. that completely. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So she's, she taught for five years. She stays home now. We have a, a four-year-old, awesome. a two-year-old, and then a seven-month-old. Oh, yeah. So we are busy. Um, Absolutely. We're busy with the kids. But then also, you know, throw launching a school on top of that. It's it's a lot to, to handle. So, you know, I'm kind of the face of things and, you know, really, you know, getting out of the house. Now we're in, in our facility and everything. Okay. So it's a lot of facility work. Um, but she's, uh, she's managing kind of the behind the scenes things, like I said. So awesome. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you just mentioned it. So where, where is the location going to be at the facility itself? Uh, so the address is 8,934th Avenue. So that's uh, kind of okay. on the, the South side yeah. of yep. Kenosha. Um, we are renting out a part of a church called the encounter. Okay. Um, okay. it's a ma- it's just a massive facility. Huge. There's been schools, um, that have, Functioned there before. Sure, um, sure. A lot of classrooms already set up. We're just kind of doing some sprucing up, and and it's been a while some since. Paint. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we have actually t- tomorrow night we have uh, another painting night. So <laughs> sounds like fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but yeah, no, we got a great facility crew getting in there. But that's the location. You know, we're we're actually our main entrance is on the back side of the building, which okay. is nice, even just for security purposes. It's a quiet neighborhood. Um, you look out over. I mean, they have acres and acres of oh, land. Oh, nice. And so, you know, even link, looking ahead to, you know, possibly building in the future, you know, it's, there's just a lot of possibilities awesome. here. So it's great. It's really exciting. That's yeah. awesome. How yeah. wonderful. So tell us a little bit, you said you had this vision for something different. Mm-hmm. How did Tall Oaks Academy itself become, come to fruition and, you know, how did it get started and yeah. how did you get people on board with you? Yeah, so it, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit, but, you know, it started when my wife and I started having kids. And it was a very organic process, which, you know, most entrepreneurship is, you know, Mm -hmm. you saw a need, um, you wanted to fulfill it, you get the right people in place, and you actually make it happen. And so that's kind of the overview. But when we started having kids, um, we, just because our background is education, I think we just immediately started. I mean, it was like with the first six months that our firstborn was was there, we started thinking, okay, what are we going to do with our kids? 
And um, because we didn't grow up in Kenosha, we knew public school, but we didn't really know about any of the other options. Sure. Um, and so we just started to kind of dive into that. What, what are the other options? What does the educational landscape look like? And, um, and as we looked around, while there were clear options that were better than other options, mm-hmm. we didn't really feel like there was one option that we felt great about and, um, or, or fully satisfied with. Sure. And so, and there are various reasons that I probably don't have time to get into for each individual option, but, um, but we just, yeah, didn't feel fully satisfied with any individual option. You know, we considered homeschooling and, you know, I, I wrote an article on, you know, kind of our reasoning. You can go to our website at talloaksacademy.com to read that if, if your listeners are interested. Um, but we, we ended up choosing against that, even though, you know, we kind of felt qualified to do that because, again, that's our experience. It's our mm-hmm. background. Um, but we wanted to send our kids to school. And so, um, but, but we didn't feel satisfied. And so um, there were various things we were looking for in an educational program. We, you know, for us being Christians, we wanted them to get a Christian education. But at the same time, we also knew that Christian education kind of has a reputation for being academically weak. Okay. And so we wanted something better, you know, kind of give the best of both worlds, sure. you know. And so we didn't necessarily see that around. And so um, so we let it sit for a little while because we realized, okay, we're ahead of the game on this, you know. And so we let it sit for a while. You fast forward and then 2020 happens and all the craziness of 2020 that's continuing to today, you know. Um, But when that happened, the unique thing for me as a dean of students working in student management, I didn't have much to do, you know. So the schools were shut down. Kids were, you know, out of the building. I was home. There was still some things that I needed to do, mainly communication, um, but there, there was just a limited amount of things that I could do. And so I remember, you know, my wife and I sat down very early on during that shutdown and said, hey, let's not waste this time. Let's make, make this useful. And, uh, and so we dove back into things and, um, you know, what are we going to do with our kids? And, and it was in that time that we discovered some, some statistics that stunned us. Um, so first of all, we saw just how many kids were growing up in the church and then leaving home and falling away from their faith. Um, the, the recent statistic right now is two-thirds of kids are growing up in the church and then they fall away from faith. Um, but also just kind of looking at general statistics in terms of how... Um, how pathetic our education system is right now, just in general, not just public school, but, um, you know, pretty much most educational options, all modern education has really kind of taken a wrong turn. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, over half of our population can't read past a sixth grade level. Um, You know, mental health is through the roof, which can be tied back to the education system. And and so, again, going back to we want something better for our kids, you know, and and for our friends' kids. And and again, we didn't necessarily have an option um, or, or know what we were going to do at that point. But pretty soon, luckily, pretty soon after that, we discovered classical Christian education. Uh, we discovered that through the ACCS, the Association of Classical Christian Schools. Okay. Uh, and really, the first thing that we discovered was a report that they had done um, called the Good Soil Report. And if your listeners want to read that, it's about a 50 or 60 page report. And it was a oh. 2018 and 19 study where they had an outside agency come in and study ACCS alumni. What are these students that are going through these programs doing with their lives once they graduate? And um, we didn't know anything about classical at that point other than just this study. And there were some really big things in there that we really were satisfied with. So first of all, um, kids that are going through these programs leave the home and the percentage that they stay tied to a local church is 88%. So you're going from 33%, which is the general statistic, Mm -hmm. to 88%. So that was a huge thing for us. But 
Um, but the other thing is, you know, it studies, you know, are they independent thinkers? Are they influencers? Are they, you know, are they volunteering in their community? Are they connected to their local community? And the numbers were just through the roof. And it, it just the, the fruit of this kind of education was so evident to us. And we were just really excited about it. And so we started to learn more about classical, um, share the vision with other people. And as we, as we did so, we just were able to get the right group of people in place. We got the right people for creating a founding school board, which we're working with today. We started meeting routinely, monthly, to see, hey, can we make this happen? And, and God just continued to open doors. And, and we're now here today where we're actually launching in 2022. So That's the original awesome. plan was to start in 2023. And um, we ended up just based off of demand and, um, and, and a lot of other, uh, other things and funding and everything. We decided sure. to move it up a year. So How exciting awesome. to be ahead of schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that happens too it's, often. It's, it par- it's, it's given me a heart attack. It definitely accelerates yeah. a lot of things. But, um, but no, it's, it's, it's exciting. So. How wonderful. So you're talking a lot about the classical Christian education and some of the results that you learned from the study. Can you tell, explain a little bit about what classical Christian education is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's, it's funny over the years, I mean, the last couple of years that we've been in this process, people will ask me and it's, it kind of drives me crazy because, you know, I can't, it's hard to give like a short, like little tidbit. Right. um, Or or like, you know, sum it up in a sentence, but, you know, occasionally you'll have to, but it leaves a lot of room open for misunderstandings. You know, you say classical Christian education, you know, people get these images of like, oh, the nuns or, (laughs) or like, you know, corporal punishment, one room schoolhouse. It's like, that's, that's not what it is, you know? Um, So yeah, to kind of explain it there, it basically combines three different things. So the first thing is it's a liberal arts curriculum. Um, That doesn't mean that, you know, left side of the aisle, that, that actually means um, it's a liberal arts tradition that has an end aim of preparing students for all of life instead of just for a vocation or a career or preparing them for college, which are, of course, good things, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it, 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 the, the end aim of a liberal arts curriculum is preparing them to um, do, you know, take on anything that life has to throw at them. Um, to answer life's most important questions. And of course, you know, a vocation and a job and, and college is a part of that, but it, I think that's one of the big colossal differences is what is the end aim? So that's a liberal arts curriculum. There's seven liberal arts. So the idea is if you master those seven liberal arts, then you would be considered educated. Um, It's a very integrated approach. So you're training students in logic, explicitly in logic. You're training them in rhetoric, how to um, function wisely um, in society and and make wise decisions. Um, You know, and you're really also training students how to see how all knowledge is kind of interconnected rather than you know, thinking in individual subject areas, like mm-hmm. that, that's not how we think, right? right? When you make wise decisions, you actually synthesize a lot of information at the same time. So there is this emphasis of, you know, really training students how to think and not what to think. You'll hear that phrase a lot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely teach the truth of, of what we believe the truth is of, from the Christian faith, mm-hmm. but also with this emphasis of, okay, let's train in logic, let's train them how to think well and reason that's and think awesome. critically. Um, so that's the liberal arts piece. And then the second piece is this preservation of the great books. So in modern education curriculums, a lot of the greatest literature of our past is just being stripped from curriculums. Um, you know, kids are hardly reading Shakespeare anymore. Right. Um, you know, some just these great thinkers of the past, you know, we're not engaging with these things anymore. And, and we're, it's almost like you're 
oh, sorry. <laughs> it's almost like you're erasing history. Um, and um, and we, want to, we want to preserve those things. And we want to preserve um, our kids engaging with those things um, because they're important. And so, um, and that kind of goes along with this idea of training them how to think and not what to think too. You know, we want our high, like especially our high schoolers to engage with um you know, the greatest works of the past and, and different ideologies too. You know, we are a Christian school, but engaging with things like Darwin and Marx and Frederick Nietzsche, you know, a- even atheist thinkers so mm-hmm. that, you know, they're trained through those things. They know how to engage with those things so that they're not, you know, thrown off by these things when they go to college or leave the home or things like that. So, so really engaging with those things and just giving them something quality that gets them excited to read um, and, and really excited to learn. So... Um, so that's the second piece. And then the third piece is this concept of paideia, uh, which is a Greek word. And it has to do with the culture that they're growing up in. Um, so the Romans used this word when they would conquer territory. And, um, and they would use it basically to say, we've conquered this territory. In order to avoid them devolving into anarchy, we need to make them Romans. And how do we do that? We actually Romanize everything around them. So the architecture, the sporting events, the, the entertainment, um, the, the media, the literature, all was Romanized, and they would hire people to do this. And the interesting thing was that um, as they would do this, they, that local people would actually develop this love for that. I mean, Roman culture was pretty beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they would develop just naturally this love for that which is Roman. And... Um, and it wasn't this forceful sort of thing, like you have to be Roman. It was like they developed this love for that which is Roman. So they actually truly became Romans. Uh, so it's kind of that same concept that we want to develop within our educational program is really creating that Christian environment for them to grow up in. So they're being taught by people who, you know, love Jesus. They're being um, they're being surrounded by you know Christian curriculum. They're being um, surrounded by, you know, really we want our kids to engage with anything that has truth, beauty, and goodness. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're always engaging with, like, you know, for, for example, literature. If, if it wasn't written by a Christian, that's okay. If it has truth, beauty, and goodness, we believe it's from God and that they should engage with it. Um, so, so that would be kind of the third piece, but it's really integrating that Christian piece into everything that we do and is the enculturation piece. So when you combine those three things, that's classical education. And probably just the last piece, too, to understand is, um, for listeners that don't really know this, mm-hmm. um, is the historical piece is that this is the education that we use throughout all of history. And that's, you know, a lot of people may think, oh, this is a new experimental model. This is not a new experimental model. I mean, curriculum companies are coming out with new curriculum every single year because they have to make their money, right? Mm-hmm. Um so th- this is not that. This is actually saying we've gone wrong in modern education. You see it in the numbers. You see it, you know, across the board, and not just with public school, but with all modern education. We need to go back to how we always used to do it. I mean, it's this is the education that produced the minds of the Renaissance, um, the minds of the Reformation. Um, you know, if you received a formal education before 1850 this is the education you would have gotten. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it, again, it's, it's kind of a rediscovery instead of a new experimental model, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. It, it, history, I think, is really interesting, and it sounds like it's a very well-rounded, thought-out approach to teaching the children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, oh, we've fallen in love with it. Yeah. So, sounds exciting. Yeah. So what grades are you starting off with? How are you... Well, originally we decided we were going to uh, start as a pre-K through three. You know, typically small private schools will start that way, mm-hmm. a pre-K through two, pre-K mm-hmm. through three. 
Um, and that was our original plan. And then very recently, based off of some quantitative survey data that we received back, we decided to open up pre-K through five okay. um, just from demand. Um, and there were some, some families that had, you know, like, oh, I have, you know, kids at this age, but then we have a fourth and a fifth grader. We don't want to split up our family, you know, which we totally understood. And we just had enough of those families that we said, all right, let's open it up as a pre-K through five, which definitely, you know, it's, it's bigger. It's, um, it's a little bit more work. And then you're jumping into like a middle school age just yeah. the next year. Mm-hmm. But just based off of that demand, we decided that we were going to um, open up pre-K through five. So with you guys going, you know, pre-K to, to fifth grade, obviously that's a jump with a couple of levels. But in mm-hmm. general, just looking to start a whole new school, where do you come up with the staffing for all of this? Yeah, so I mean, we we have uh, our jobs posted right now. We've we've got candidates rolling in. I mean, and it, awesome. it's it's kind of a unique time just because there's a lot there's just a lot going on in education right now. I mean, both with with families. I mean, parents are thinking more about education than they have in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but educators as well. I mean, there's there's um, it, and it's it's a unique circumstance because you have families that are pulling kids from from a lot of. I mean, I think KUSD is. I think the last I heard was 1,200 kids short for this coming year. So you got families that, that are pulling their kids out. And then you have, um, you know, on top of that, you have staff cuts then, mm-hmm. you right. know, so you mm-hmm. have staff that are going to be looking for something oh, different. And so, you know, it, it, it hasn't been too hard to find quality candidates, awesome. you know, and, and we haven't officially hired anybody. I mean, we're still actually working on teacher contracts right sure. now. Sure. Um, but, you know, we've got candidates rolling in and some really high-quality, great people. So, That's awesome. Good for yeah, you guys. Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, yeah, it hasn't been too too hard to, to find candidates. So. <laughs> you might not want to tell too many people that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's harder for everybody else right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, sure. ahead. Go ahead. So tell us a little bit about the next steps, next steps for yourself, next step yeah. for parents who want to enroll their children. Um, what, what is on the horizon and what's that time frame look like? Sure, yeah. So for parents that are looking to enroll their kids, first of all, admissions is open right now. So our admissions process looks like um, you send in an application. You go, you go to our website, talloaksacademy.com. You fill out an application. You tell us a little bit about your kids uh, in that application. And then from there, uh, you would go through an, a family interview where you come into the building. We talk for a little bit about the program. We give you a tour of the building. And then from there, you would get an acceptance uh, or denial. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably going to be accepted. Uh, you sure. know, if you're a Christian family and, and, you know, you're wanting something better for your kids, you agree with our statement of faith and things like that. Um, but if you get accepted, then you go through the enrollment process. So. Um, it, it is kind of lengthy for, I mean, especially for, you know, parents that are used to maybe a public school setting where you're not going through, you know, ad, an admissions application mm-hmm. process and things like that. That's, that's a little bit different. It is a little bit lengthy. You know, that's, that's one of the little pieces of feedback that I'm hear, hearing from parents that are going through this process. Like, oh, it took me half a day to fill out an application, you know, but th- those are the families that have like four kids. You oh, know, sure. Um, so, you know, probably to fill out an application, it takes maybe 15, 20 minutes per kid. Um, and, and just so your listeners know what to expect if they apply. Um, uh, but that's what the admissions process looks like. And then in terms of next steps, um, for Tall Oaks, we're really just in development mode right now. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to just get launched for year number one and, and get that under our belt. But, you know, uh, there, there is this natural growth process over the coming years. You know, it's because we're adding a grade level every single year, there's that natural growth. 
um, that's going to happen. Uh, really, one of our main focuses is, is getting involved in our local community, um, you know, tying in education um, to various experiences, hands-on experiences, um, you know, real-life experiences, developing apprenticeship programs, especially as our kids get into the high school age levels. Um, you know, those are those are things that require a lot of networking and getting connected with local businesses and and things like that. And and, and we want to give our kids those experiences. Um, you know, we believe that's a huge part of, of classical. I mean, historically, that's how we always used to do education is, you know, everybody had a, had a part to role in their community, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, a part to play in their community. And you just learned by apprenticeship and by, mm-hmm. by learning from the people that were actually doing that job. Um, and so we want to be able to give our kids that opportunity as well. So it's um, a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. So many people are hands-on learners. I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then just the other thing too is you know, you know, developing extracurricular programs as well. Um, you know, and, and the exciting thing for for the the parents are that are are you know a part of Tall Oaks at the beginning is is they get to have a lot of say in those things. Right. You know, it be, you know you can you can make the decision to send your kid to a, a more developed program, rooted program that have you know so all the structures are there. They're in place already, you know, but but we want to really provide a lot of uh, opportunities for parents to say, hey, this is what my kids want. This is what we want as parents. Let's let's develop this together. You know, it's it's really a pioneering sort of thing for parents as well. It's so, very exciting. Yeah, I want to I want to circle back just a little bit to when you were talking about the enrollment process and enrollment and so forth. Do you guys have a number set in your head like, hey, this is where for us to be successful year one, this is where we need to be at enrollment? And or is there a number in your head that's like, okay, this is where we have to cut it off? Because I see this being very successful for you guys. Yeah. But I'm curious of, of what that looks like of, hey, it's 500 kids. We got we to gotta call it quits this first year. You know, what, what does that look like? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not going to be at 500 well, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it, it is... It, it, it can be a mind game, you know, for, right. for you to figure out those enrollment numbers right. and what's pot, you know, and, and then rewriting your budget based off of those things. Um, my goal at the beginning is is actually to start with 60. Okay. Um, 60, would be, I think, would be a good number. Not that we couldn't start with less sure. um, or we couldn't start with more. Um, we're going to cap class sizes at 15, so okay. we're going to keep them the keep size. them small. Yep. Um, so if if we had 15 per grade level, that would be a max of I think just over 100 kids. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so, which which is again that's that's big to start. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I mean, most pri- I mean, you you look at some of the schools like you know what the biggest. Um, school in Kenosha that's, you know, now six or 700 kids, maybe they're closer to 800 now. They started in the 90s. I think they started at 35. Okay. You know, okay. And, and so it's, it's pretty common to start small. But then if, you, if you're providing an experience that, you know, kids are coming home, mom, dad, I loved school today. You know, like that's what yep. draws families back. Sure. Or the, or the connection events. I mean, we even have a, um, somebody we just connected with, um, an artist in residence that's just volunteering her time to come in weekly to just provide those extra experiences for kids. You know, so to be able to develop those programs um, that, that are really drawing families back, I think that's going to be what's successful for us in very the cool. future. That's exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Volunteers are nice at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So I know you mentioned it once already, but uh, if you wouldn't mind mentioning it, and hopefully we can plug it in a few times for you, but if, if, if folks want more information, where do, they, where do they go? What do they do? Yeah, so um, talloaksacademy.com. It's our okay. website. 
Um, there's a lot of information on there. I mean, even some more details. I know I, I defined classical Christian education, but sure. there's even more details on there. Um, I'm routinely writing articles. I'm trying to do one a week. Um, those are posted in our parent section. Okay. Um, so you can f- uh, follow those articles, you know, uh, again, getting into more details of, okay, what do we mean by the great books? You know, what are examples of great books that we're trying to preserve, things like that? Um, you know, what do, we, what do we mean when we say we want to develop a love for learning in students? Um, those are the, the kinds of articles that I'm writing. Um, we also have Facebook and Instagram, so okay. you can follow us on that. A lot of that is more so, more so announcements, um, you know, little quick things. I mean, that's how social media is, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but also educational things, too, you know, quick educational things as well. Um, so, so we're on those social media platforms. And then on our website as well, you can subscribe to our newsletter okay. uh, at the bottom of our homepage. Awesome. So, awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so this is Ellie. Um, the producer and I had a question for you. So if there was a family that wasn't technically a Christian based family or they didn't go to didn't have Christian education before that, what is the enrollment process like for them? And I mean, are they able to be a part of this experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we do the family interview, one of the biggest things that we will look at is our statement of faith. And then, you know, if you, I mean, you may not be a Christian family. I mean, our, our aim is to be a, a service to Christian parents, but if you're kind of in that well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking into this. I don't. I don't really know. You know, it's not. We wouldn't necessarily deny you, um, but that's something that you know. Like we, we do want one of our one of the parents of each family to be either a member or a routine attender of a local church. So now we we do. And even currently, we have some applications in of parents that are not necessarily tied to a local church yet, but they voiced, "Hey, I'm looking into this. Um, I, I want to know more." Almost like kind of like seeking. Um, we wouldn't say no to those families, you know, but eventually we would want those families to be tied to a local church. Yeah. Um, my other question for you is one, one other thing that I see a lot of parents looking for are the extra care portions when, when they're working, I guess. So after school care or before yeah. school care, do you guys offer that or additional services like that? Uh, we do not. Well, a couple things. We don't do before school care. Our school day starts at 8. Um, so we go 8 to 2.45 is our school day when students are there. Uh, and then we do after school care until 6. So, um, you know, we, we, we talked about um, shortening the school day, you know, going to 8.30, but then that's really tough for families that are trying to get to work. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, even 8 o'clock can be a hard, a hard thing. But, yeah, we chose against doing a before school program. Um, but we are offering that after-school program until 6 o'clock. Awesome. That's super helpful. Yeah. And then as far as linking schools together for sports, how is that all going to work? Yeah, no, that's and that's a part of the development process. I don't necessarily have a full answer yet, but there are some like-minded other school startups in Kenosha that I'm connecting with their leadership. You know, we're routinely grabbing coffee together and talking through some of those things. Um, so it, it is being developed, and there, it's in the conversations. But yeah, we we definitely have a heart to you know develop those extracurricular, um, whether at sports or or even like a chess program. Um, you know, since we explicitly teach logic, maybe debate, you know, and, and rhetoric mm-hmm. and things like that, you know, doing those types of things um, with those other like-minded schools is something that's on the horizon, but again, not not completely defi- definitive yet or defined yet, so. Awesome. 
So Brad, obviously one of the questions that you know comes to my mind, being the, the market president in Kenosha, is what, what brought you guys to Community State Bank? And what, what were your thoughts when you heard Community State Bank wanted to do a podcast with you? Um, yeah, so there's been a couple different experiences with Community State Bank. I mean, first of all, my, my parents have a house on Eagle Lake oh, here awesome. in Kansasville. Okay. And so, you know, they, they've been out there for, let's see, 12, 13 years. And, um, you know, I remember driving by and my wife and I love Stone Creek coffee. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, like we saw the signs like, oh, let's go in there and get Stone. So that was kind of our first experience with Community State Bank here in Union Grove. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, and we would come in here and, and whatnot and, and get, our, get our Stone Creek coffee. We didn't have to go all the way to Milwaukee to get it, you know. <laughs> and so, so that was the initial thing. And, and we loved that you guys, you know, were partnering with Shepherds College and, and whatnot. We loved the connection to the community and just, you know, helping, sure. helping out in that way. So, so we just, you know, kind of loved your vision for that. Awesome. Um, and, then, and then, you know, years down the road, now that we're in this process of, you know, launching a school, and then you guys show up in Kenosha. Um, <laughs> our treasurer, Tina Schmitz, um, you know, mentioned your name. It's like, oh, yeah, Community State Bank. You know, we knew you guys just from that, just, just from that simple coffee experience, sure, you know. Sure, sure, that's and awesome. So, uh, and so, yeah, you know, and, and we just, again, just even in your name, Community State, wanting to be connected to the community, I mean, the fact that you're doing a podcast and wanting to hear more about, you know, the things that are going on and, and sure. being committed to the local community is is just, you know, right in line with what we're doing too. You know, we want to be tied to the community, be a service and um, and be as connected as possible. That's awesome. Well, we, we appreciate the relationship and appreciate yeah. everything you guys are doing in Kenosha yeah. as well. Well, this sounds like a great adventure that you have ahead of you. I think it's going to be wonderful for the community and for the students that you serve and the families that you serve. So we're really excited for you and wish you a great deal of success as you start off and as you grow over the years. Yeah, I appreciate the time. And uh, if you're listeners, again, talloaksacademy.com. And uh, you can give us our, our contact information is on the website as well. If you give us a call, uh, drop us an email, and we're, we're happy to chat more. Awesome. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to CSB Broadcast. For more information about Community State Bank, visit us online at csb.bank. Community State Bank is a member FDIC and an equal housing lender. 